drive time keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host. Joe McClain, so good to be on with you. Praise be to God on this Wednesday, June the 22nd, 2022. In the month, celebrating the sacred heart of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Disney continues to double down, even though, speaking of down, their stocks are way down. Uh, Their audience has uh, pushed back, but nonetheless, they don't care. They're going to keep their woke agenda going. And we're going to have a conversation around that with Austin Roos. From CFAM coming up at uh, 35 past the hour. So, you know, as a parent, we have appreciated Disney product in the past. Can't do so anymore, I think. But we're going to have that conversation of why they seem so resistant to their own audience. I don't know. Uh, Austin Roos will will talk about that. David L. Gray is also going to be on the program uh, today in the next hour, top of the hour, about an hour from now. He's going to talk about a brand new article that's going to be releasing on 1 Peter 5 tomorrow on religious liberty, the USCCB versus Freemasonry. So all of that coming up today on Catholic Drive Time and much, much more. You might not have heard, but uh, the cartels in Mexico, or at least one cartel, has murdered two Jesuit priests who were trying to protect another man at at a church along the border in Chihuahua. Uh, Texas GOP platform, you probably heard a little bit about this. Did you hear about their resolutions, their proclamations? Um, They call homosexuality an abnormal lifestyle choice. And they also consider seceding, again, from the Union. And a lot, lot more in their their declaration, their proclamation. We may get into that coming up at 15 past the hour. Hey, the Supreme Court ruled that uh, Maine can't exclude religious schools from taxpayer funds. Praise be to God. That's a good thing. That's a win. And the Deputy White House Press Secretary uh, has come out and said, hey, listen, I know we try to intimidate Winchester, forcing them to not sell their ammo, their 5.56 ammo to the public, uh, but we're not going to do that anymore. Don't worry. Just move along. Move along. Right. Okay. Hundreds were killed in a 6.1 earthquake magnitude in Afghanistan. Let's keep them in our prayers today. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. Praise be to God. It's a great day. Is it? Here we are. Midway through the week. I know. We're halfway there. Almost there. there. Halfway there. Almost. Halfway there. It's going to be a great show. I think there's going to be a lot to to cover today, uh, for sure. Uh, There's a chance we may talk with uh, Charlie Rangan from Yonasa Ranch as well Mm -hmm. about uh, cows dying by the thousands. Yeah. Uh, it has something to do with chupacabra, right? <laughs> I was going to say barbacoa, but okay. Oh, oh, but okay. okay. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, of course, some more food plants that are on fire and uh, supply chain, food supply chain problems around the world. You know, I saw a chart the other day that kind of charted the amount of weird things that are happening in food processing plants, and it just goes way up after 2020. <laughs> totally so, conspiracy totally, it's a, What are you doing? It's a coincidence. Have you been watching InfoWars again? It's just a complete coincidence. Come on, man. Hey, man. Nothing to see here. Don't bash my boy, Alex Jones. <laughs> Move along. <laughs> Move along. Speaking of which, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning, Adrian. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. Is it? It is good to be here. Praise be to God. And I'm excited because today mm-hmm. I'm going over to actually your church 
And we are it's going mine. to be yeah, it's your you own it. Mine. You I heard that you used all your wealthy monies Sam and Houston purchased the church for them. All of them. You're you're so kind. You're all so of kind, my Joe. wealthy monies. And we uh, we're having a rehearsal <laughs> for my friend's wedding on Saturday. So nice. We're doing our also serving uh, rehearsal this afternoon. Praise be to God. And uh, then we are going to go in. Uh, and Saturday we're going. I'm going to pick up my buddy from the airport. And we're going to head to his wedding. It's going to be great. Fantastic. Praise be to Jesus. I'll be heading to California tomorrow after the show. I'm giving a talk in Anaheim, California. Praise be to God for the uh, DISC conference. The DISC? DISC. It's uh, like a Catholic IT professionals conference. Oh, interesting. So it ought to be. Well, that's what Joe says. I think Mm -hmm. it's about disc golf. You think so? I think so. You, you out at me Joe. on the radio, Rudy. <laughs> busted, totally Avid busted. Avid disc golf. Do they player. disc golf in in like California, Los Angeles? Oh yeah, is that a thing? Oh yeah, really? Weather's perfect for it. I thought I would. I'm not disc surprising. Golf. I would say it's golf with a frisbee. I would oh, say I've never that, done that before. Uh, <laughs> How does that work? I would. I would have thought Californians would have been Basketball. opposed to to walking and running on grass, which is one of their main food sources there. Yeah, wheatgrass. So, I had yeah. no idea this was a thing. I'm just not. I'm looking it <laughs> up right now, blown. and I'm like, wow. I did not realize that disc golf was. It's a thing. It's yeah. a thing. Praise <laughs> be to God. Speaking of a thing, let's pray and let's get started. So much to jump into this hour. So join us if you can for all or most of it. And uh, especially share us with a friend. We would be grateful to you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most sweet Jesus, that no one who has had recourse to thy sacred heart, implored its help, or sought its mercy was ever abandoned. Encouraged with confidence, O tenderest of hearts, We present ourselves before thee, crushed beneath the weight of our sins. In our misery, O sacred heart of Jesus, despise not our simple prayers, but mercifully grant our requests. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your headlines with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. Today is Wednesday, June 22nd, and here are your headlines this morning. LifeSite reports traditional monastic community in France was suppressed after prior was secretly ordained. Dom Alcun Reed was for many years a deacon, but was secretly ordained outside of France by an unnamed senior prelate in April of this year. After Bishop Ray, from that region, reportedly declined to ordain the monk out of supposed prudence. The monastery defended the ordination, saying that, in the, that the event was for the ultimate good of souls in a truly extraordinary situation in the life of the church, fearing that if we did not accept this providential opportunity for our own vocations, and those of the young men who wished to come to us, they would have been jeopardized, if not lost. Reuters reports Taiwan scrambles jets to warn away Chinese planes in its air defense zone. Taiwan scrambled jets on Tuesday to warn away 29 Chinese aircraft in its air defense zone, including bombers that flew to the south of the island and into the Pacific in the latest uptick in tensions in the largest incursion since late May. Taiwan calls China's repeated nearby military activities as gray zone warfare designed both to wear out Chinese Taiwanese forces rather, by making them repeatedly scramble and also to test their responses. The Epoch Times reports that the Society of Jesus says two priests were killed in northern Mexico. Two Jesuit priests have been killed inside of a church where a man was pursued by gunmen sought uh, seeking refuge in a remote mountainous area of northern Mexico, the Jesuit Mexican branch announced on Tuesday. A statement from the Society of Jesus in Mexico demanded justice and the return of the priests' bodies. It said the gunmen had taken them from the church. Please pray for their repose. Breitbart reports Deputy White House Press Secretary says Biden administration will not restrict ammunition that's currently available. 
After rumors that an ammunition manufacturer was no longer permitted to sell surplus ammo, Deputy White House Press Secretary Andrew, Bra Andrew Bates rather, tweeted Tuesday that the Biden administration will not restrict Lake City Army ammunition from selling or producing ammunition that is currently available for private purchase. Lake City currently produces a significant portion of 5.56 ammunition, a popular AR-15 caliber for both the military and the commercial market. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. The saint of the day is Saint Alban. He was born sometime in the 3rd or 4th century in when when Christians began to suffer cruel persecutions and Alban was living in Verulamim. Ver, However, Gilda says he crossed the Thalms before his martyrdom. So some authors place his residence and martyrdom in or near London. Both agree that Alban met a Christian priest fleeing from persecution and sheltered him in his house for a number of days. The priest, who later came to be called Amphibalus, meaning cloak in Latin, prayed and kept watch day and night. And Alban was so impressed with the priest's faith and piety that he found himself emulating him and soon converted to Christianity. Eventually it came to the ears of an unnamed impious prince that Alban was sheltering the priest. The prince gave orders for Roman soldiers to make a strict search of his house. As they came to seize the priest, he put on the priest's cloak and clothing and presented himself to the soldiers in place of his guest. Alban was brought before a judge who just then happened to be standing at the altar, offering sacrifices to the devils. When the judge heard that Alban was offered himself up in place of the priest, he became enraged that Alban would shelter a person who despised and blasphemed the gods. And as Alban had given himself up in the Christian's place, Alban was sentenced to endure all the punishments that were to be inflicted upon the priest, unless he would comply with the pagan rites of their religion. Alban refused and declared, I worship and adore the true and living God who created all things. The enraged judge ordered Alban to be scourged, thinking that a whipping would shake the constancy of his heart. But Alban bore these torments patiently and joyfully. When the judge realized that the tortures would not shake his faith, he gave orders for Alban to be beheaded. Alban was led to execution. He presently came to a fast-flowing river that could not be crossed. There was a bridge, but a mob of curious townsfolk who wished to watch the execution had so clogged the bridge that the execution party could not cross. Filled with an ardent desire to arrive quickly at martyrdom, Alban raised his eyes to heaven and the river dried up. This allowed Alban and his captors to cross over on dry land. The astonished executioner cast down his sword and fell at Alban's feet, moved by divine inspiration and praying that he might either suffer with Alban or be executed for him. The other executioners hesitated to pick up his sword. When Alban reached the summit of the hill, he began to thirst and prayed God would give him water. A spring immediately sprang up at his feet. It was there that his head was struck off, as well as the head of the first Roman soldier, who was miraculously converted and refused to execute him. However, immediately after delivering the fatal stroke, the eyes of the second executioner popped out of his head and dropped to the ground along with Alban's head, so that the second executioner could not rejoice over Alban's death. He died sometime in the 3rd or 4th century. St. Alban, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 7, verses 15 through 20. 
Jesus said to his disciples, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but underneath are ravenous wolves. By their fruits you will know them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Just so, every good tree bears good fruit, and a rotten tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a rotten tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. So by their fruits you will know them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. St. Jerome would say, quote, what, what is here spoken of false prophets we may apply to all whose dress and speech promise one thing and their acts, actions exhibit another. But it is specially to be understood of heretics who, by observing temperance, chastity, and fasting, surround themselves, as it were, with a garment of sanctity. But inasmuch as their hearts within are poisoned, they deceive the souls of the more simple brethren. Close quote, St. Jerome. Gregory the Great would say, quote, Also, the hypocrite is restrained by peaceful times of holy church and therefore appears clothed with godliness. But let any trial of faith ensue, straight the wolf, ravenous at heart, strips himself of his sheepskin and shows by persecuting how great his rage against the good. Close quote. St. Gregory the Great, pray for us. Haydock's commentary points out, as the true church is known by the four marks of its being one, holy, Catholic, and apostolic, so heretics are, and false teachers are known by certain vices and the, perineous, uh, the uh, pernicious effects of their novelties in religion. As the true church is one by its members submitting with humility to the authority established by Christ, so are false teachers known by their separation from the ancient church and their divisions among themselves, the necessary consequences of rebelling against the authority established by Christ, and alone capable of determining controversies. Hadock goes on to say, For not those who do one or two good works are just, but those who continue permanently to do good. In the same manner, not those who commit one or two bad actions are wicked, but those who continue in evil. Close quote Hadock's commentary. So what's the moral of this story? Well, no matter what choices you've made in your life, today you have a choice to make right now. Choose to do good, reject evil, repent, and do penance. That's a great choice. You still have time. We'll be right back. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God, in a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Whenever morality comes up in discussions, some atheists argue the behavior patterns we call morality are merely the product of evolution, naturally selected for the survival of our species. But is this true? The answer is no, and here are some reasons why. 
First, if it were true God didn't exist and our moral behaviors were merely the product of evolution, well then the dictates of our evolved nature wouldn't express the will of a being beyond man. As such, there would be nothing to morally bind man's will and thus no moral obligation. Second, what if the behaviors we judge now as wrong, such as rape and murder, become beneficial for our species in the future? According to the atheistic evolutionary account, they would have to be morally acceptable. But these conclusions are absurd. Moral obligation does exist, and rape and murder will always be wrong. Therefore, evolution is not sufficient to explain morality. I'm Carlo Brusor with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up at 35 past the hour, Austin Roos is going to be back on the show. We're going to be talking about Disney doubling down. What in the world? I mean, in spite of the bad ratings, the dropping stocks and everything else, the, uh, the backlash, uh, apparently they aren't budging on their agenda. We're going to talk about that with Austin Roos coming up, so stick around for that if you can. But as I say, there are lots of stories in the news that are a great concern to me, and I'm sure they are to you as well. Do you remember that story? I mean, it feels like it was just so long ago. Um, that gentleman, I mean, I, I, I call him gentleman, and every time I do, I, I, Patty, like, wants to smack me across the head. He's not a gentleman, don't call him that. Okay, fair enough. But remember that man who drove his car through that parade of people in Wisconsin, killing six people and maiming and injuring a bunch of others? You've probably forgotten all about that, because it's no longer talked about in the news. Well, Daryl Brooks Jr. is now, apparently, he's facing 80 charges, but he's apparently reversing his, his, uh, plea, uh, he did plead not guilty previously, but they're changing it to uh, insanity. So not guilty by insanity, which means that if he's convicted of his crime, uh, allegedly, I guess, even though there's video footage and tons of witnesses, but besides all of that, if he's in fact convicted of the crime that he has committed or allegedly committed, then they will have to then prove that he was sane uh, and he's responsible from a mental uh, aspect of it all. So interesting. They're also claiming that uh, they need to move the case out of the county because he can't get a fair trial there. But uh, the judge seems to say, listen, it, the law doesn't say that the jurors can't not know about or they like as if they're not supposed to know at all about the case. They can't be totally ignorant of the case. The question is whether or not they will be fair in the case. So uh, just I thought I'd bring that up because I'm sure nobody else is really talking about that story today. So there you go. Um, but here's a story I, I found that I'm sure you probably have heard about because it can be very salacious in the headlines. And I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people in the news that are making great hay of this. Here's an article out of LifeSite News. Headline says, Texas GOP platform calls homosexuality an abnormal lifestyle choice. And, you know, what's interesting is I, I looked at the actual resolution because they just met, the Texas Republicans just met in, in Houston, and their document is massive. And it covers everything you can think of. Um, just about everything. I mean, like the dog catcher, I'm, I, I'm guaranteeing there's probably something about dog catchers in this document. Is so big, and it's got everything here. Here's a little bit from the preamble from the document itself, by the way, which I did find on the uh, Texas GOP's website. 
says, affirming our belief in God, we still hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable, unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I feel like I've read that someplace. Hmm. Interesting. Throughout the world, people are people dare to dream of freedom and opportunity. The Republican Party of Texas unequivocally defends that dream. We strive to preserve that uh, the freedom given to us by God, implemented by our founding fathers and embodied in the Constitution. We recognize that human nature is immutable. We further recognize that the traditional family is the strength of our nation. Oof. I love that statement. That's a good statement. It is our solemn duty to protect innocent life and develop responsible citizens. We understand that our economic success depends upon free market principles. If we fail to maintain our sovereignty, we risk losing the freedom to live these ideals. That's the preamble of their proclamation, sort of their platform. And again, it goes on for 40 pages on every single category, social issues, finance, education, transportation. I mean, here's, a, here's one I loved that I saw this morning. They think they want toll roads to stop being toll roads as soon as the debt is paid in building the road itself. Novel idea. Love that idea. Praise be to God. Uh, make roads uh, awesome again, I say. But let me go back to this LifeSite uh, news article about the Texas GOP platform. The article says, Texas Republicans passed a platform that called homosexuality an abnormal lifestyle choice. That's in quotes. This weekend at their convention, the Republicans also affirmed their support for biblical marriage and the sanctity of life. Quote, homosexuality is an abnormal lifestyle choice. Close quote, the platform states. It stated further, quote, we believe that there should be no granting of special legal entitlements or creation of special status for homosexual behavior, regardless of the state of origin. We oppose any criminal or civil penalties against those who oppose homosexuality out of faith, conviction, or belief in traditional values. No one should be granted special legal status based on their LGBTQ plus identification, close quote. Going on to say, quote, we affirm God's biblical design for marriage and sexual behavior between one biological man and one biological woman. The platform states the biblical marriage, quote, has proven to be the foundation for all great nations in Western civilization. We oppose homosexual marriage regardless of the state of origin, close quote. The article goes on to say, it also stated that Obergefell versus Hodges, the decision was legal that which legalized same-sex quote marriage unquote in all 50 states quote has no basis in the Constitution and should be nullified close quote. The platform also calls for equal equal protection of the laws to all preborn children from the moment of fertilization close quote and an end to all state contracts with abortion vendors like Planned Parenthood. Texas Republicans also urge their party to, quote, support programs that provide assistance to pregnant women, close quote, including reforming adoption rules, protecting pregnant and parenting college students, and providing health insurance for the postpartum year. The party also affirmed the biological reality of two sexes and suggested that legislation should be passed to allow, quote, detransitioners, close quote, to sue for damages against the medical professionals who mutilated their body. Yay and amen, I say.
The platform calls for, quote, gender identity disorder, a genuine and extremely rare mental health condition, close quote. The denial, uh, in quotes, the denial of an immutable gender binary not only denies those who, with the condition proper mental health care, close quote, the platform states, quote, but also leads to physically and psychologically abusive social transitioning as well as as irreversible physical mutilation, close quote. I cannot apparently read this morning. Not enough coffee. I find it fascinating on a number of levels. This this proclamation, um, as I said, covers a ton of ground. Social issues is what mostly you're going to hear about, right? The the issues in homosexuality. You know, and some people are going to... In fact, I watched one commentator... Uh, talking about this, say, I'm not comfortable with denying uh, homosexuals with services. That's not, that's not it. That, nowhere in the document, whether you're Republican or not, I mean, I don't, nobody says you, there can't be an organization that uh, bakes cakes uh, for homosexuals or takes pictures for homosexuals. These Republicans aren't saying that. What they are saying, in fact, is you can't sue them take them to court, ruin their life, and take away their businesses if they choose out of a religious conviction not to want to bake your wedding cake or not to take your wedding pictures. See the difference there? Whereas we're, it's being crammed down the throats of all Americans that they have to go along with the agenda. And I think that's part at the heart of what the issue is, the fight for the soul of our country. Who are we and what do we believe? It is not a lack of charity for neighbor and the struggles that they struggle with. Rather, it is the forcing uh, that you can't just go along with it, but you must also agree to it. You know, as it, all of this, these pride parades that go down in these cities and, uh, you know, corporations flying the flags out in front of their, their buildings or putting their, the, uh, the, the rainbow colors on their buildings, which is there's one right down the street from us. that It's like good grief. Um, it, it's, it's an indoctrination of society itself. And I find it fascinating that these uh, Republicans in the state of Texas have pushed back to the degree in which they are, because I think most people would say that their platform now would be considered radical. But, you know, a hundred years ago or maybe even less, this was not radical. It wasn't radical to suggest that a man and a woman uh, bound in marriage Becoming the the basis for which life can come forth and become great citizens is the fabric of society. That is the norm and has been the norm for millennia. The Romans the Romans lived perverse lifestyles, but while they were living perverse lifestyles, they weren't suggesting that that was the foundation of society. They were just simply pagans living perverse lifestyles. The Greeks were the same. So I find it fascinating that in our modern culture that we have somehow found this to be radical stuff. And you're going to see that uh, they're, they're going to be you know, lambasted for their radical position in supporting marriage between a man and a woman. And as a Catholic, I have to say, I find that there is not nearly enough uh, conversation, affirmation among the hierarchy of the church here in America, especially, but let alone around the world, supporting marriage between a man and a woman. Instead, we saw, as we said yesterday, you had that homily given by two laymen in a gay marriage, of so, quote-unquote, at, uh, at a mass. Like, that, that's what happened. 
So where was the backlash from the USCCB yesterday to put out a statement that said this is not appropriate, this is not right, we, uh, this is against church teaching, let alone in the rubrics, the germ, you can't, lay folk can't give homilies, number one. And number two, we don't support this idea of gay marriage. We support marriage between a man and a woman. It's a sacrament. And it, ha it is designed by God, it has a purpose, it has an intention, and our best... Our best is the intention behind it. God desires the absolute best for mankind, which is why he gave us marriage between a man and a woman. It is the absolute best for us. But we reject the best, and we want what we want, which is not, as be not the best. We want less than the best, because we want what we want, and we want it whenever we want it. I don't know, I find it very fascinating to see this. And one of the other things that they seem to, they, the, the whole pandemic, oh man, they laid the sledgehammer in their proclamation to locking down, uh, blocking businesses, preventing citizens uh, from doing things. Like they laid the wood to, to that in their proclamation. You can read it for yourself. They also call into question, you know, uh, we're not allowed to, like on the, the social platforms do not allow us to say but there was a certain event that happened late in 2020. A lot of people gathered together. They had their opinions officially tallied. They call into question the results of that, that uh, gathering of, of American citizens and their opinions. Hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, you know what I mean. So that's an issue in this document, and as well as they're potentially putting back onto the docket secession again in the state of Texas. Now, that's interesting and I would love to do a further, a bigger conversation around that because that's been a, a debate that's raged in Texas now for a while. There's been a movement. They almost got on the uh, the uh, the ballot. Uh, I think it wasn't. They were going to get on the ballot. And was it 2020 or 2021? But it fell through. Well, they're talking about bringing that back in 2023. Could Texas secede? And if that happened. What would happen to the other 50 states? Would it be like dominoes? Could we be seeing the end of the United States? We're going to have a bigger conversation around that soon. Stick around. After this break, Austin Roos is going to be up. There will come a day when each of us will be asked to review the movie of our life and give an account to God. We will sorrowfully relive the bad times and joyfully revisit the good. Thankfully, no matter what you've done, there is hope. Since Jesus came not to condemn the world, but to save it. So if you've been away from church for a while, we invite you to come home and find the peace that only comes from God. Visit CatholicsComeHome.org. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever noticed that sometimes it's hard to get along with your family? That sometimes the people in your family are downright uncongenial? Well, G.K. Chesterton says that is precisely why the family is so important. Because it is often uncongenial. Every family is filled with the same problematical people that you find everywhere else. And so anyone revolting against the family is simply revolting against mankind. As Chesterton says, Aunt Elizabeth is unreasonable, like mankind. Papa is excitable, like mankind. Our youngest brother is mischievous, like mankind. And so, if we can get along with our family, we can get along with anyone. Want more than a minute? Visit our website, Chesterton.org. 
Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And now, more headlines. Breitbart reports officers entered Uvalde school 19 minutes into attack and waited nearly half an, uh, another hour rather to enter the classroom. A photo shows that the officers in the school at the 19-minute mark had AR-15 rifles and a ballistic shield. Investigators believe this will prove to be a significant development as it indicates they had more than enough firepower and protection to enter that classroom before they actually did. The attack lasted for 77 minutes and officers stayed outside of the classrooms positioning themselves on either end of the hallway for most of those 77 minutes. The Epic Times reports TikTok, an invasive tool for Beijing. Lawmakers warn of threat after a report shows U.S. data accessed in China. Internal recordings allegedly show the app's private U.S. user data being repeatedly accessed in China. President Donald Trump issued an executive order in August of 2020 to ban TikTok and Chinese super app WeChat, saying the app's capture of vast swaths of Americans' data threatens to allow the Chinese Communist Party access to America's personal and proprietary information, potentially allowing China to track the locations of federal employees and contractors, build dossiers of personal information for blackmail, and conduct corporate espionage. And the Daily Wire reports Russia is blocking Ukraine from exporting food, threatening Africa with starvation. The two Eastern European nations produce a combined 30% of the world's traded wheat, according to the International Food Policy Research Institute. As Russia blockades the Black Sea with ships and sea mines, thereby preventing Ukrainian exports, some Western officials have accused Russia of holding people in the developing world hostage. Nearly half of African wheat imports come from Russia and Ukraine, with some nations importing more than one-third of their wheat from the two countries, according to the United Nations report released in March. Some countries, such as Egypt, Somalia, and Benin, import more than 80% of their wheat from Russia and Ukraine. The National Catholic Register reports 1,500-year-old legacy of St. Columba includes this new Scottish Catholic pilgrimage. Catholic pilgrims have once again returned to Iona, the coastal island where St. Columba launched the evangelization of Scotland more than 1,400 years ago. Sixty people walked for dozens of miles from June 11th to 13th to pray for Scotland for spiritual renewal amid the pandemic and a return of the relic of the missionary Irish saint to the site of his deeply influential monastic community. The pilgrimage takes its name from Breckmanock of St. Columba, a reliquary that had major significance in Scottish history. The objects containing the relics of the saint were brought to important meetings of the church and of the government to seek Columba's intercession. The Scottish army would carry the Breckmanock into battle. Now we carry it to pray for a renewal of the Catholic faith in Scotland, a pilgrim named McGowan said of the reliquary replica. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. Uh, you know, in a poll by the Trafalgar Group back in April 2022, or just, I guess that was a couple months ago, 68% of respondents uh, were turned off by Disney's increased focus on creating content that exposes children to sexual ideals. This is according to a Federalist article. It goes on to say 57.2% of respondents said they were much less likely to do business with Disney. 11% were less likely, and only 9.4% were more likely to do business with them. So their support base is crumbling here. And in fact, their stocks have been tanking. The last year has not been good for the Disney company. And uh, we wanted to discuss that. So we invited Austin Roos, who is with CFAM, the uh, the Center for Family and Human Rights. Uh, good morning to you, Mr. Austin Roos. 
Uh, good morning to you. Thanks for having me. Praise be to God. We're glad for your time uh, the, today. Uh, you know, this is a fascinating story. I, you know, there's many times that uh, we've uh, enjoyed Disney products in our family, but we can't seem to do so anymore. Uh, I especially loved Star Wars as a kid, but I feel like they have obliterated that franchise. I mean, we all got excited about Obi-Wan Kenobi coming back, uh, uh, you know, with Ewan McGregor and... Uh, Boy, the the backlash has been tremendous on that one. And then, of course, there's this Disney uh, Lightyear film that's been, just been released to abysmal box office uh, income on their first weekend. What are we supposed to make of this, Austin Roos? Well, you know, uh, American corporations uh, started going woke uh, actually quite a long time ago. Uh, I wrote a column, gosh, now five years ago called uh, uh, Corporations Are the Enemy. Uh, the, the left took over human, uh, the, the, uh, the, uh, uh, the philanthropy wings of, of major corporations. Uh, they took over, uh, uh, the C-suites of, of major corporations. I wrote a story years ago, uh, for Breitbart about how, um, JP Morgan Chase, the fourth largest bank in the United States, in the world, pardon me, um, had sent around a survey to every employee in the world. And one of the questions was, are you LGBT or an ally? <laughs> and there were Christians who were calling me from inside JP Morgan Chase saying, I don't know how to answer this question. So this kind of pressure has been, has been going on for a very long time. Um, now it's, it's, it is a funny thing that a company like Disney is now trying to foist it upon their customers. Uh, which is made up mostly of families and and children. So th there is a whole new thing going on. You know, pressuring your employees is one thing. Pressuring your customers is a whole other thing. So uh, and and we see in the new Buzz Lightyear movie that it has not gone down well uh, for Disney. Uh, they had an abysmal uh, first weekend, and I suspect that it won't be in the theaters for very much longer and won't have much of a shelf life. I mean, they're, they're, in the movie, they show two women getting married and kissing, um, and no parent wants to see, have their children see this kind of nonsense uh, in the movies. So, and, and the word of mouth is terrible on this among uh, their primary customer base. You know, I find, I'm always, um, I guess I'm a pessimist. I'm the glass half empty kind of a guy, I suppose, because I just assume that most of America or the majority of Americans are middle of the road, maybe uh, maybe lean just a little bit on this issue, maybe lean a little bit to the left. You know, they're like, listen, I, I'm okay with my homosexual neighbor, friends, family members and all of that. And I don't understand. But like, but I find it fascinating that America seems to be t trying to communicate to Disney on this. Hey, listen, this is not good. We don't want this. You need to stop. And Disney is ignoring that. Am I wrong about the American people? I mean, how should I how should I interpret that? I think uh, Americans are uh, pro probably excessively tolerant, uh, and and have become excessively excessively tolerant uh, over the question of uh, LGBT. Um, but they tend to draw a line when it comes to kids, and this is what we're seeing in the school district fights here in Virginia, and, and quite frankly, all over the country, mm. is when they try to foist this kind of thing, this kind of propaganda on children. And make no mistake, you know, the Buzz Lightyear movie is propaganda that they're foisting on young people. So uh, parents may be tolerant, 
um, you know, in their own lives. They may have these types of friends and they, and they want to be kind to them, but they also don't want their children to be propagandized. Uh, and so you're seeing a proper revolt of parents all over this country. And the Buzz Lightyear reaction is just a part of that. Does Disney just have so much money that they can they can fund their their campaign here? Because 14 countries rejected their film. China asked for a review yep. copy and they dragged their feet on it, gave it finally, and then China's like, "I want this cut out." And I think they said they weren't going to do that, which means it's not going to open in China. So, and that's a huge market for them. They did the same thing with the uh, what was that uh, Marvel film with all of the uh, Eternals? Eternals. I mean, they decided they weren't going to edit that either. I mean, do they just have all the money that they can just afford to do this? Yeah, I'm quite surprised that Disney reacted that way with regard to China because Hollywood is notoriously cowardly when it comes to to giving China precisely what they want. So I actually had not heard that. Uh, does uh, Disney have unlimited buckets of cash? No, they don't. Moreover, they answer to stockholders. Um, so stock, there, there very well could be a stockholder revolt uh, sometime in the future. Now, the problem with that is that the majority stockholders uh, uh, in, in Disney would include companies like, like Vanguard and BlackRock, which are totally and completely woke. And if you look closely at the head of BlackRock, he, he is really holding the whip hand when it comes to woke corporations. Mm. He is he is really the shot caller, uh, telling corporations that they have to uh, be increasingly woke. But I believe that even he will eventually uh, start backing off. Uh, what we have to make sure that happens, or rather doesn't happen, is that we're like the frog in the boiling water and that they just keep turning up the heat and the heat and the heat until, you know, we're finally boiling. Uh, people have to remain on guard and on point and going to the school board meetings, finding out what that is happening in their school, in, the, in their school classrooms and pay very close attention to what their children are being fed by Hollywood. Yeah. Chris Evans, the actor who voiced uh, the Buzz Lightyear character in this film, uh, his response was, was classic. Yeah. I mean, he calls the fans who are complaining about this idiots. That's his word, not mine. And wants them to die off like dinosaurs. I mean, how tone deaf does one have to be yeah. when your audience is shouting to you loud and clear? We do not want this. Please stop. But we're the bad pro. We're the we're we're the ones that are the problem, not you. You know, the funny, and the funny thing about that is that um, in, in some ways, the reason that the Buzz Lightyear movie is dying is, is precisely because of him, uh, because Tim Allen was Buzz Lightyear. Um, and so, uh, you know, get, getting rid of Tim Allen, a noted conservative, by the way, who created that, that character, who voiced that character in the beginning, was a huge mistake. And now you have the new Buzz Lightyear mm. uh, telling moms and dads that they're idiots. It's... it's um, it's kind of a woke gift to us. <laughs> a woke gift to us. All right, hold that thought. Austin Ruse is our guest uh, from CFAM. We're talking about Disney doubling down on their woke agenda and what we as families ought to be doing about that coming up right after this very quick break. Don't go anywhere. Hello, 
this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question. Is the very contemporary and popular idea that a faith alone salvation, which occurs by repenting of sins and asking Jesus in one's heart, sufficient enough to warrant heaven upon death? No, it sure is not. You see, the 21st century evangelical says, just follow the Romans road, which is four verses snatched out of the book of Romans. And when followed, heaven's promised. That, my friends, is presumptuous. This concept dumbs down the holy value of salvation. So here's your toolbox for Catholic evangelism. Number one, the Gospels, nor the Epistles, nor the Apostolic and Early Church Fathers ever wrote anything like this mechanical approach to obtaining heaven. Number two, the marriage experience. After wrongdoing and temporary departure from your family, does a simple one-time, hey, I'm sorry, honey, bring you back into the family? No. Thirdly, the Catholic Church teaches water baptism, loving God and neighbor, which is displayed by consistent acts of charity while maintaining a perseverant hope of heaven is the surest way to God's eternal presence. This is Steve Gleason with Catholic Questions Live. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. We're currently cruising at 39,000 feet. We'll turn that seatbelt sign off for you and let you move about the cabin. Looks like we're about two hours and ten minutes from landing. Plenty of time for you to say some prayers for the souls in purgatory. Wouldn't it be great if everyone prayed often for those in purgatory? Why not start today? A friendly suggestion from Guadalupe Radio Network. Me to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. We're talking with Austin Roos from CFAM, the Center for Family and Human Rights, lobbying for your best interest at the United Nations. Praise be to God for that. Um, last year, I gave a talk at a religious freedom or religious liberty conference, and I made the statement, they are coming for your kids. And I think that is more true now in 2022 than it ever has been because it's more obvious now. It's more out in the open now. Last Monday, we interviewed Aaron Lee, whose 12-year-old daughter was invited to uh, an after-school art club, which turned out to be GSA grooming. And they tried to convince her 12-year-old that she was transgendered. I mean, this is happening in, in uh, schools all across our country. And Disney's no longer pretending. They're no longer hiding their agenda. They're doubling down on that. Uh, Austin Roos, what's at stake for families? You know, it's funny you would use that phrase, they're coming for your children. If you go to my Wikipedia page, uh, you'll see that I said that in a fundraising letter now some years ago. And they accused me of accusing them of pedophilia. So it, it's, it's, uh, there, there was a recent woke gift to us, and that was the Gay Men's Health Choir from uh, San Francisco. This oh, was uh, sometime last year, going um, and singing a song, We Are Coming for Your Children. And what we mean by that, of course, is that they're coming to evangelize our children. Uh, my friend, uh, longtime uh, Heritage Foundation Family Research Council, Catholic University of America sociologist, talks about uh, how the Sultan kidnapped uh, Christian children and turned them into an army that he called Janissaries. The purpose of the Janissaries was to specifically attack Christian settlements. And so there is a whole generation of Janissaries that the sexual left is raising up in our schools and through propaganda on Disney and things like that, precisely to come after us and what we believe in. Uh, so, so yeah, it is an open war, and, and you're exactly right in using that highly contentious phrase that they are coming for our children. You but, know, go ahead. Everybody. You know, it's no coincidence either. Let me give you a statistic. Uh, this is from a, a news story last week. 
Uh, people under 30 now, 5% of people under 30 now identify as LGBT or transgender. It's really no mistake that uh, Disney is doubling down. Look at how they reacted to Florida's uh, bill preventing, uh, you know, school teachers from, from mentioning gender uh, ideology to children under, I think it was under... K through K through four, I, I could be wrong, but look at the way they reacted to that. It's pretty obvious that this is on the rise, and they're trying to normalize it to our children. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, you know, Disney is uh, unashamed and una unapologetic, um, uh, <laughs> and and they're not the only ones. With regard to the polling that we see where people are identifying in a particular way, you know, um, the most robust study on this question was carried out by the National Institute of Health now about a decade ago, which found that 1.6% uh, of adults identify as, uh, as uh, homosexual men. So there are more Methodists in this country than there are homosexual men, and we've always known that. Uh, it is it is a very tiny number, and what we're seeing in the new polling is you know people going along with the crowd. Uh, there's a hipness factor. There's a stick it in your eye kind of factor. Uh, but you know when the rubber hits the road, I do not believe that most of those kids are acting out in that way. And we have to remember that homosexuality is not an is; it is an act. Um, and unless you act that way, you're really not that way. Uh, you know, you can say that you're gay from now till the cows come home. And unless you're acting that way, you're really not that way. Mm. Uh, it is an act. It is. They, they want us to believe that homosexuality is a new category of being, that this is an entirely new person. Um, and this is false. It has everything to do with the way that you act and not the way that you are. You know, this is something you deal with, CFAM, all the time. And it's happening on an, a, a worldwide level. I mean, just give me the reality here. Wh where are we headed? Is it possible to win back the culture? I mean, are, are we past that now where we can't even win that war? Or do we still have a chance? Well, as T.S. Eliot said, there are no lost causes because there are no won causes. You know, this is a fight that goes on, you know, starting in the Garden of Eden, yay, until the end of time. And that all that's been given to us is to fight the fight that is in front of us right at this moment. Uh, I wrote a book uh, published last year called Under Siege, No Finer Time to Be a Faithful Catholic. And the point that I make in that book is that he sent us right here, right now, to right now, fight for the good, the true, and the beautiful. Um, and I, I also point out how lame we are. You know, we're as lame as the, uh, as the apostles, you know, uh, uh, yet he sent them. Uh, so he knows what he's about uh, in this desperate time. Who did he send? He sent the likes of us, which is awfully comical when you think about it. But um, and my joke is that he sent us because he wants all the credit, you know, because we can't do this on our own. Uh, uh, but uh, but golly, what, what a noble thing. What a noble thing that has been given us to do to fight this fight. So we should I always always tell people, don't be so concerned about wins and losses. Mm -hmm. Be concerned about fighting the fight. Uh, he'll take care of the wins and losses, but he needs us here on this earth carrying out his will. So, um, so golly, it's quite astounding that he sent us right here, right now. So do we, as, do we as the faithful decide we have to boycott companies like Disney or 
J.P. Morgan Chase, which I fired, by the way, was happy to do so. Uh, but we like we don't have Netflix at our house. We don't do Disney at our house anymore. And uh, there's a certain sadness there because we wish that same sort of quality of production and storytelling could be found in like uh, Catholic organizations, but we just don't find that anywhere else. So, do we boycott? Is that the answer to boycott these companies? Well, you know, um, if we were to boycott every country, every company that was against us on these types of questions, I don't think that we would be doing business with anybody. Uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah. a funny story. My organization ended up on uh, a plan uh, on a on a anti Planned Parenthood uh, boycott list some years ago because in fundraising we accept American Express cards. Mm. Uh, uh, so, I mean, you would have to boycott, you know, donating to CFAM. Because we we you know you can you can donate using using an American Express card, which is you know a woke corporation that has gone bad. Um, so I, I think that you have to pick your battles. Um, you know what I really what I think would be most effective is not boycotts but phone calls. Mm. Um, the problem is is that corporate America hides behind a pretty significant shield. Um, back when I was in magazine publishing and I sold advertising for big time magazines like Fortune Forbes. The Atlantic Monthly, Rolling Stone. Uh, there was a thing called the Advertising Red Book and the Marketing Red Book, and the names and telephone numbers of the top marketing and C-suite people was in this book, and you could call their office. Wow! Um, I have thought that I would subscribe to this and get a team of of our own people. You know, a hundred phone calls into the CEO's office someplace would have much more effect than a hundred people not going to the latest Disney movie. Uh, so it's something that I'm mulling over. Um, I think that the most effective thing, and this is what the left does, is that they'll get a hundred people to tweet mean things about uh, an advertiser, and the advertiser will then drop off of the Tucker Carlson show. So it doesn't take very many people to make a pretty significant splash. So for me, it's mostly about tweets and phone calls rather than boycotts. Mm. So what's the biggest threat families face today then? Like, and what should parents do to shore up their children? Well, I mean, the biggest threat, um, of course, is, is Satan, who is coming to us in, in many forms, uh, certainly in the culture. Um, you know, we, we live here in northern Virginia, and, and we circulate in, uh, among a pretty widespread group of mission-oriented families. But that doesn't mean that the culture is... Is, um, is, is, is completely kept out because it's hovering all around us. But the, 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 the number one threat is, is all the messages from the culture. You know, um, e easy divorce, um, adultery, pornography, huge issue that I wish more people were working on. Um, uh, you know, the abortion issue. One of the things I write about in my book is that there is something for everybody to work on. We live in the most target-rich environment that the world has ever known for doing good. Uh, people always ask me, golly, what should I do? And I, and I say, you know, go down to the school board and, and make a statement. Go down to the school board if you don't want to make a statement and shake somebody's hand who's making a statement. Mm -hmm. You know, write a monthly check to a group that you think is doing good work on, uh, on the life issue, on the family issue, or whatever. There's something for everybody to do. But again, don't get so caught up in wins and losses. Just join the fight. Yeah. Uh, we have a question here from one of our, uh, our CDT insiders hanging out with us uh, this morning. It says, are phone calls more powerful than, say, social media uh, pressure? Should uh, 
posts on uh, Twitter, Facebook, that kind of thing. Uh, would that have an effect, or do you think the phone call directly into the C-suite is the best way to go? Well, the problem with phone calls into the C-suite is it's next to impossible you know, uh, to, to get the telephone number of the CEO. You know, more than likely, you'll, you'll get a customer service number, and you'll leave a, a, you'll, you'll leave a recording. Uh, unless you have what used to be called the advertising red book. So uh, what is left to us really is, uh, you know, complaining to retailers. Um, uh, and I would also say uh, complaining on Twitter, mm. um, you know, just, just finding the, um, uh, the, the Twitter handle, which, and that's one of the great things about Twitter is that a regular person can communicate pretty much directly with very important people, including CEOs and marketing directors of major corporations. So, um, you know, I, I, I think there ought, I think there absolutely ought to be Twitter armies, uh, working on these particular things in concert, not by yourself. Get 10 friends and all do the same thing. Get 20 friends, build out your little armies and all work on the same thing for a two week period and see what happens. Wow. Well, we're down to the wire here with Austin Ruse from uh, CFAM, CFAM.org. Uh, you know, we're very grateful for your time today and uh, and talking about this issue. I hope and pray that more Catholic families make the very difficult decision to to uh, I don't know cut some of this stuff out and send this message very clearly to these organizations that are doubling down, such as Disney is doing. And uh, I think the the, the major backlash from their audience ought to be a wake-up call, but I don't think it will be, so we'll have to see how that goes. But God bless you, Austin, for your time today. We're very grateful to you. Thank you so much. I'd, I'd be happy to come on anytime you guys call. Praise be to God. We Appreciate will call. You, brother. All right. Uh, we're going to go to a break. And uh, for those of you that are able to join us, we'd love to have you in the next hour. In fact, David O'Gray is going to be our guest in the next hour. To talk about an article he's got coming up on 1 Peter 5 on religious liberty that that is coming up. Uh, the USCCB versus Freemasonry. It's going to be an interesting conversation with David O'Gray. I hope you'll join us. Otherwise, we'll see you back here tomorrow morning. God bless you. God love you. And hang, us, hang out with us online. GRNOnline.com. Often unbelievers have a hard time reconciling the doctrine of hell with an all-good God. In fact, I've talked to Catholics who struggle with this. So what can we say to help? Well, first, the punishment of hell is not a kind of vengeance inflicted by God from without, but follows from the nature of sin. All those in hell choose it, and God's respect of man's free will doesn't contradict his goodness. Furthermore, it belongs to God's goodness to make a distinction between loyal and disloyal subjects, and to give their just deserts. What kind of a God would he be if he gave the same reward, heaven, to those who refuse to love him as to those who love him? He wouldn't be a good God. For these reasons, the doctrine of hell is not incompatible with God's goodness. I'm Carl Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. We're currently cruising at 39,000 feet. We'll turn that seatbelt sign off for you and let you move about the cabin. Looks like we'll have you at the gate in plenty of time for you to get to confession before Mass this evening. Wouldn't it be great if everyone regularly went to confession? Why not start today? A friendly suggestion from Guadalupe Radio Network. 
This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, Oh, another birthday. They actually object to celebrating their birthday. G.K. Chesterton says, A man's birthday reminds him that he is alive, when his immediate affairs would only remind him that he is at work or at play or in business or in debt. Your birthday is a chance to celebrate being born. And being born is a reason to rejoice. The best birthday gift any of us has ever received was the first one, the gift of life itself. Chesterton says, Every time a baby is born, it is as if God has created a new sun and a new moon because there's a new soul gazing out at creation. So, happy birthday. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org I'm Father Peter Damien from Holy Rosary and you're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. wrapped up a great conversation with Austin Roos from CPAM about Disney and a great conversation if you missed that check out the podcast version of the show the, the podcast is active about an hour or so after the show uh, ends so you should be able to find it on Google Play uh, iTunes Store uh, you'll be able to find it on Spotify. On our website as well, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. You can listen to the podcast right there. You can listen to the podcast on your your GRN, your Guadalupe Radio Network mobile app. I encourage you to download that from your app store today. It's free and a great way to stay connected to your local GRN radio station to find programming, listen to the local live feed and more, plus our podcast. But if you are going to subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, just fair warning, I'm sh- I believe under executive fiat, you are required to leave us a five-star review. you got to read that fine print. Yeah. It says it right there. Yeah. It was like, I think, among the first executive orders President Joe Biden signed uh, when he took office. That's right. Out of the 120 yeah. million. I, I mean, don't fact check me. Just go with it. Just roll with it. Just, just, I'm, I'm te- it's a joke. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Uh, if you could leave us a five-star review, that would mean a lot to us. It means that uh, the algorithms are going to show our content to more people on the iTunes store, and that would be a wonderful way to support what we do. Hey, by the way, can I just uh, give a shout-out to one of our CDT insiders this morning? Praise be to God. Damon, who hangs out with us in our Telegram, our private Telegram chat group, He's always there hanging out, and good morning to you, Damon. Happy birthday to your wife, by the way. So happy birthday to her. Praise be to God. Um, I won't ask how old she is, because I've been told that you're not supposed to ask ladies how old they are. Joe, that's rude. Yeah. Is it? Is it? When I've did, been told that, too. At what point did it become rude? Well, at a certain point, your wife is always 25. Is that... I, what? Yeah, you didn't know that? It's in the terms and conditions. I didn't get the memo. <laughs> I did not get the memo. So let me get this straight. The rules are I can be as old as ever. It's like, who cares? But my wife gets to be 25. Yes. Perpetually. That's exactly what I'm saying. Who wrote these rules one more time? It's in scripture. Is that where it is? You cannot question... It's infallible. It's infallible. Okay. 
All right. I see how it goes. Now you know why I don't celebrate my birthday. There you go. Praise be to God. When is your birthday, by the way, uh, Joe? Anyway, good morning to you, Adrian Fonseca. <laughs> good morning. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. Is it? It is. It's Adrian, do you know his birthday? Uh, no. That's Doc's birthday. It's Doc's my birthday. No, I, <laughs> I can find so. out pretty easily. Uh, anyway, good morning to you. What's going on in your world? Oh, nothing much. I'm, uh, you know, today I'm going to be going ultra server training to uh, prepare for my friend's wedding. His uh, name is Chris and Elena Tran, uh, or future they will be. Uh, Tran, both of them will be, and uh, so pray for them. Say say hell Mary for them and their marriage because mm. they are going to be. Getting started, they're getting married at the Basilica down in Galveston, which is wow. pretty Ooh, cool. That's cool. Yeah, I'm guessing. I don't actually know, but I'm guessing this is going to be the first mm -hmm. traditional Latin Mass at the Basilica in Galveston Whew. since uh, probably since '69. <laughs> if I had to guess, <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe maybe cool. there's been a random one there before, yeah. but. I've never heard of a, a traditional mass being said at the Basilica there, so that's going to be pretty exciting. That is I'm amazing. Praise be to God. Hey, also one, another one of our CDT insiders today uh, celebrating nine years of marriage. Praise be to God. Joshua Null and his lovely wife are having a celebration today, so please keep them in your prayers, as well as uh, anybody else who is uh, celebrating birthdays or anniversaries. Please do say a prayer for them to uh, praise be to God. All right, in this hour, we're going to have a great hour for you. Uh, David O'Gray is on the hook here in just one moment, but also we have our game show, Fear and Trembling, with prizes at stake. So if you want to win some prizes, you have three chances today to do so. You'll have to be our first caller when I give you the phone number at 15 past the hour, so be ready to dial that number. And then, of course, the second half of this hour is what we call our after show where we say goodbye to the radio audience and we stay on the live video feeds, uh, which are all linked up on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. And uh, you get to comment and interact directly. So you get to tell us uh, what you thought of our guest conversations or, or, or anything really on your mind. And if you fail to do so, the rule, rule states we must talk about movies and food. So if you don't like either one of those topics, you must dictate what we discuss. The other day, we talked about barbacoa. Yes, we did. Have we ever defined what exactly is barbacoa? I know yeah, it's like a braised beef. It, sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. Is that what they're... For hours. Is that what Wikipedia says? Yeah, should I ask? Let me see. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's a mystery. They're going to ask me for a donation. Um, barbacoa <laughs> is, uh, is cow tongue and cow cheek. Got mm. it. Uh, that's Okay. There you, there you go. All right, praise be to God. Joining us right now is David O'Gray, our friend from uh, uh, from uh, the Internet. Good morning to you, David. <laughs> Good morning, my friends from the Internet. From the, the, from the interwebs. From we the exist inter only on the Internet. <laughs> the interwebs. Um, <laughs> hey, by the way, uh, before we jump into this, um, have you... Have you revealed your future plans yet? I mean, like, I don't know if I should out you or not uh, to the public. Well, I told my when I, I did I did a, I did a, um, a live stream last night, Mass Nightmare, mm -hmm. and I told everyone that I was moving to another country where oh, a I language see. I don't speak. You are so leaving that's where our we're country. at now. Uh -huh. you, how many languages do you speak? <laughs> He's like just English. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to learn English. Okay, okay. <laughs> David, okay. like, I'm in the same boat. I'm in the same boat as you. Now, I'm like, you? I'm going somewhere where I don't speak the language, so that could be literally anywhere except for the United States and England. <laughs> now, are you leaving our country because because you you hate our country? Like, uh, like what's motivating you to leave our country? 
No, heck no. America is the greatest country Mer- in the world. Mer- um, yeah. <laughs> but um, no, my, um, the wife is, has, um, uh, you know, she works for the agency. So um, <laughs> we're, we have to go to a different country for five years. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm only teasing you. I was just having fun with you a little bit. But praise be to God. Well, I, I guess I can't I can't reveal the secret then until you reveal it. But uh, until then, praise be to God. You have an article coming out in one Peter five tomorrow, I believe. Um, and yes. uh, it's very interesting conversation. The USCCB versus Freemasonry got my attention right out of the gate. Tell me about yeah. this article. Yeah. So tomorrow on Thursday. Um, is the beginning of what's been called lately Religious Freedom Week, right? Back in 2000, in I think 11, it was called Fortnite for Religious Freedom, right? And it was a response to um, the United States government deciding they didn't want to defend the Defense of Marriage Act anymore, which protected marriage on a federal level. Mm. And the bishops like Cardinal Dolan at the time, oh, he wasn't, I think he was just an archbishop at the time, thought that, oh, this is going to be a great um, struggle against church and state that's going to create. Um, and he was right. <laughs> and so and so we had this fortnight for a couple of years, and now it's just down to a week for religious freedom, and maybe pretty soon it's going to be down to a day. But, and so I was looking at this, and um, in the context of what has the church said about religious religious freedom forever, right? Where, 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 where have we been on this issue? And so I, I think really... Um, it, the struggle began with Freemasonry and what popes like Pope Pius IX and Pope Leo XIII um, thought the Freemasons were engaged in disrupting Europe, basically attacking the monarchies, creating these revolutions to usher in this age of um, democracy or rule by the people. Um, and so in ever right. Um, and, and so what happened, what popes like Leo um, saw was that Freemasons were instituting they, they wanted to create this, this thing called separation of church and state so that they can use the state as an agency to attack the church. Mm. And so, but Leo noticed they were doing things such as once they got their hands on the state, they were creating things such as public education. They're creating things such as the state was allowed, was to be the agency to determine who was married, who was not. The state was now being in charge of um, burials. You know, you say you used to have to go to the Catholic church to be buried. Now you can be buried, um, be, um, have a, um, a burial ceremony in um, a funeral hall or something like that. So they saw that this was in real, the real issue of people and through the, um, the agency of Freemasons at the time deciding that, um, that what they wanted was not, um, freedom of religion, but freedom from religion. And so that's what the, the essay that I wrote over 1 Peter 5 coming out next week tracks. Now, I, just in case someone's tuning in and they were not aware, you and I have discussed on, an, on a couple of occasions our past involvement with the Lodge, with Freemasonry. Uh, give me the 30-second elevator pitch on your background. The 32nd elevator pitch. <laughs> and so yeah, I, was, I was initiated as a young boy in, 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 in a Freemason. I always thought I was going to be a Freemason. I became a Freemason when I was just in college. And I spent for the next, from 1992 to 2002, was very active in Freemasonry. Um, you know, people think of Freemasonry as a degree. So, yeah, all the, you know, pretty much all the degrees, you know, 32nd, all the York Wright degrees, Eastern Star, all that stuff. Grand Lodge officer, district deputy over all of Western Ohio, pretty active, wrote several books on Freemasonry. So, um, and then once I um, 
I discovered Jesus Christ is a real person, and I followed him to the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. Um, I obeyed church teaching, which says you cannot be a Freemason. It's been a teaching since 1738, so that was, that was the choice I made. And, and I was a third-degree Master Mason in the Blue Lodge. My father's 32nd degree, but I, I don't want to focus on that, but I wanted to lay that groundwork because – you know, part of what I was reading in your article, and I think it's a very invalid point, that people who have never been involved in Freemasonry won't get the subtleties that they will find in the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, the Founding Fathers, sort of the, the you know, one of the points you bring up is the United States was never a, a Christian nation to begin with, but we think of ourselves in that way. But, you know, there's the subtlety that moves sort of pushes away from Christianity in small and subtle ways that are, that you can see that's the flavor of Freemasonry. Tell me about that subtlety. Yeah, that's a beautiful point, Joe. Thanks for bringing that up. Um, So the thing about Freemasonry is that, you experience this in a lodge, is that it, it presents itself as being palatable to Christians. It uses these terms that, that sound like, oh, I can... I can get, you know, I can get down with that. Yeah, as a Christian, I, yeah, that, that makes sense to me. Something like a lambskin apron. Oh, Jesus is the lamb. So use these little things, um, the syncretism from, from various different religions to appeal to people. But Freemasonry in this constitution, as I say in the essay, calls itself the universal religion and it subjugates, subjugates other religions and calls them mere opinions. So people um, like Thomas Jefferson was not a Freemason, but he was he was completely on board with the Masonic philosophy and people like um, a gentleman by Lafayette more to your, I forget it. He has like four names um, <laughs> helped. He assisted um, Thomas Jefferson in writing the, the declaration of independence. And then after that was over, Jefferson goes back over to France to help him write the, the revolutionary document for, for the French revolution. And so when you look at the declaration of independence in, in the constitution, you see these subtleties, these, these things that, Terms need to be defined. And if Freemasons are defining the terms, well, we have to understand what does that term mean? And so I talk about that um, when we get to, um, for example, the, the Declaration of Independence. Ideas such as uh, a, a, a nameless God who we call creator. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, Christians will look at this and they, they, they'll say, hmm, yeah, God is creator. No. God isn't, they're talking about God as the only creator. They're right. not saying that's just one of his attributes. Yeah. They're saying that is the attribute of God. He is creator. And this is why Freemasons call God the grand architect of the universe. Mm-hmm. Architect, creator. This is the term. This is how we define it. This is what they're talking about. And, and, and so the, our, our founding documents is just littered with these little things. Ironically, I'm sorry, not ironically. The First Amendment of the Constitution from 1970 says Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting free exercise thereof. This is the the Masonic idea of separation of church and state. But if you look at the first article, the first charge of the 1723 Constitution of Grand Lodge of England, it speaks of the same thing that 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 um. That man should have the freedom to choose his own path outside of the confines of religion so that he can pursue life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. It's, it's so it's the yeah, it's these subtleties that you, you know, that you, you can't give. We, we give we look at these documents and we want to reconcile ourselves to them. Right. Mm-hmm. Our, our ideas to them. But that's, I don't think that's the right way. When you, you have to understand the intent, just like we look at the scripture, what is the intent of the author? Yeah. And that's what we have to get into. And what, what were they influenced by? What were their source documents? It wasn't right. a Bible. 
Yeah. All right. So this article comes out tomorrow then. Yeah, it's going to be out. I'm on One Peter Five tomorrow. All right. Praise be to God. Check that out. One Peter Five. Uh, you can also find more information and a lot of great stuff over on David's website, davidlgray.info. David, thanks for your time today. If you want, you're available. Hang out with us on the after show. Uh, we'd love to have you back. But we're going to go to a break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to play our game show Fear and Trembling, where we uh, kick back. We uh, have some secrets and agendas that we don't like to tell anybody about, but we do have a good time in the process, and we possibly give out prizes, and you could win. So all you got to do is make a phone call, 877-757-9424, Call right now. Be right back. This is a Messy Family Minute with Mike and Alicia Hernan. Summer's here, and one of the most important things you can do with your children this summer is waste time with them. One of the best ways to waste time is, is by playing with them. Card games, board games, group games, charades. But why are fun and games so important in family life? Having fun as a family reminds us that we are more than just a breadwinner or a chore machine. It's a way of reclaiming our identity as a family and spending time in those relationships that matter most. Fun and games helps to grease the wheels in family life and helps everyone to live and work together more effectively. Enjoying the presence of those we love also gives us a foretaste of heaven, that wonderful communion that we will have with loved ones and with God our Father. So ask yourself and your spouse this important question. How can we play together as a family this summer? For more on this topic, listen to our podcast on games at MessyFamilyMinute.org. I once had a gentleman come up to me and say he didn't think the principle of non-contradiction was true. That perhaps something could be and not be in the same respect at the same place and time. Now, skepticism doesn't get any more radical than this. The principle of non-contradiction is the principle upon which all human knowledge is based. So, how do we defend it? It's pretty simple. A skeptic can only speak against the principle if his words have the intended meaning and not the opposite. For example, if a skeptic says the principle is false, well, then he must intend the statement to mean what it expresses and not the opposite, namely, the principle is true. But this presupposes the principle and thus undermines his attempt to deny it. So a skeptic can't deny the principle of non-contradiction without ending in self-defeat. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. <laughs> the Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host... Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic trivia game show with secrets and agendas. But what we need more than me just telling you all of my secrets and agendas is a phone call. That phone line is 877-757-9424. If you want to play our game, have a laugh with us along the way, possibly win some prizes. 
Well, we encourage you to do that right now. Phone lines are open, 877-757-9424. First caller gets to be the contestant, possibly win our game. Yeah, and it's super easy, trust me. 877-757-9424. That phone number is 877-757-9424. All right, praise be to God. Here's the deal. Now, if you promise not to tell anybody... Uh, my secrets, then I will share them with you, all right? Number one, we like to teach the faith, so we look for teachable moments in the questions where you might learn something you did not know before. It's a winner. Praise be to God. And then, of course, we like to have a laugh. We like to have a good time, and our callers are actually amazing. Praise be to Jesus. And um, we give out prizes, which means it's a winner for everybody involved. But if you're new here, let me explain. We have three Catholic trivia questions in front of us, but the kicker is we do not ask the caller the questions. So they don't even need to know. They don't need to know the correct answers. They could still win. I will ask Rudy. I will ask Adrian. One of them will give us a correct answer. The other will give us an incorrect answer. The caller will then have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision Whomst do they trust more, Rudy or Adrian? And every correct answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what can they win? Praise be to God. Mary is the safest and easiest, shortest and most perfect way of approaching Jesus. And that's not my opinion. That's St. Louis de Montfort's opinion. Now, June, you might be wondering, how does that tie into June? Because June, you know, we have a theme here of the Sacred Heart. It's dedicated to the Sacred Heart. But here's how it happens to, to coincide. Well, if you pray the rosary, you're going to be thinking about the Sacred Heart of Jesus. If you surrender yourself to our Blessed Mother, she's going to lead you to the most sacred heart of our blessed Lord Jesus. So to continue that theme, we're going to be giving away two rosaries, his and hers, and they're made by hand by one of our dear listeners. You can pray the rosary every single day, regardless of the fact if you win you the, the, the rosaries this week. So I encourage you to do that. And I just want to say thank you to the Lujan family who provided this just generous gift for us to give away to, to you, dear listener. All right. Praise be to God. We're very grateful to you. Thank you for generously giving us stuff to give away to our audience. We're, we're seeing we're Let's go to the phones. Frank, good morning to you. Good morning to you. Praise be to God. Frank, where are you calling from? San Antonio. The great city of San Antonio, Texas. Wow. You know, it's just there. It's great. You know, Frank, that town is great not just because I went to high school there. They have other Despite reasons. Despite the fact. For also Despite the fact that great. Joe went to high school there. It's been, it's <laughs> Where do you go to church, Frank? Uh, Holy Spirit. Praise be to God. Well, we're very grateful to you, Frank, for hanging out with us. Are you familiar with this game, sir? Sort of. Uh can always get more familiar with these uh, questions you guys ask. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Don't worry. These are the easiest questions we've ever had in the history of the game show. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> sure. Well, now, Frank, the one thing you need to know more than anything, okay, is that I am on your side. All right? It's you and I together against the other two who are out to get you. He was paid to say that. <laughs> Well, All right. So good, I, it's a good later. idea. It's a good idea. So whoever you ask first is going to have the right answer, correct? Ah. Uh, <laughs> hmm. <laughs> right. Well, Frank, I'm going to have to hesitate to articulate for fear that it might deviate from the true course of rectitude, good sir. But let's begin the game nonetheless. Praise be to God. We're going to go to Rudy first. Rudy, are you ready? I'm ready. Praise be to Jesus. No tie. No tie. By today. the way. 
It's a summer trend, i got to so, tell you. I, well, interpret that as you will, that Rudy has now, no tie. What does tie? that mean? What does it, it mean? It's nothing, it, right? Team Rudy is on deck here. Rudy, can you tell me? This is the best question we've ever asked, ever. Greatest yeah. question, right here. Mm-hmm. Now, remember this question. All right. Uh, if, if, Greatest. If, in the uh, best of the best shows, we should always ask this question. Okay. Who is the patron saint of Scotland? Scotland. All right, Scotland. that's so easy. Is so it? he came on a boat. He did. He? And uh, are you saying that because it's an island and yeah. everybody comes on boats? Yeah. And okay. Well, they were waiting for him. His name is Saint Charles Edward Stewart. Really? Otherwise known as Bonnie Prince Charlie. Bonnie Prince Charlie. Bonnie Prince Charlie. <laughs> I can't. I can't emulate it. Yeah. <laughs> Bonnie Prince. Got to work on that one. All right. Uh, so uh, Bonnie Prince Charlie is your answer. Saint Charles Edward Stewart mm-hmm. is your response. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Adrian. Oh. You are an expert in all things historical, especially as it comes to to uh, Scotland. Right. Yes. Uh, I know all of my Scottish history from one source. (laughs) He has Scotland tattooed on his chest. Does he? Yeah. Fascinating. Who is the patron saint of Scotland? Yes. Some might say that (laughs) it it is the guy who went up and goes, they can never take our freedom! (laughs) Is that what they say? William Wallace, but it's not actually him. Oh, you were going to say Mel Gibson. I thought that was Oh, no. But that's not your answer. That's not my answer. Some would say that, but I won't. I'm not. I'm going to say St. Andrew. St. Andrew? That makes a little bit more sense in my opinion. Wow. That doesn't sound Scottish. Okay. What if I said it at the Scottish accent? (laughs) St. Andrew. Andrew. (laughs) That was pretty good. Pretty good. All right. Well, Frank, uh, you got choices. Uh, the, The patron saint of Scotland, Adrian, seems to suggest it is St. Andrew, whereas Rudy has suggested it is... St. Charles Edward Stewart. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Frank from San Antonio, what say you? Adrian. Survey says. Yeah. So wise. Bonnie Prince Charlie was definitely not a saint. I hate to tell you. He did not end life well. That's awkward. Yeah. Yeah. He did not end in history. I mean, I knew that. Because I'm a scholar in Scotland. Yeah, Scottish Scotland. Yeah, but nonetheless, long live the Stuarts. Just saying. All right, moving on to the next question. We're going to go to Adrian with this one. This Uh one, uh, these are always tricky for me. These questions. Adrian, what is the thirteenth station of the cross, sir? Ah, the thirteenth station of the cross. That would be our Lord is crucified. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what Rudy says. Hey, Rudy, can you tell me what is the 13th station of the cross? Ah, stations of the cross, man. They always get me. They do. uh, Yeah, yeah, the 13th one is Mm -hmm. uh, Jesus is taken down from the cross. Interesting. And laid in the loving arms of our Blessed Mother. Like the Pieta. Like the Pieta. How lovely. How lovely. Well, Frank, uh, hopefully you're an expert in the stations of the cross. Is the 13th station... The Pieta, where our Lord is taken down from the cross and laid into the arms of his mother? Or is it, as Adrian seems to suggest, Jesus is crucified? Fifteen seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Frank and San Antonio. Yeah, San Antonio, what say you? Uh, Rudy. Very confident. Frank, what a wise man. You're making this look a little too easy. Frank, did you get the answer sheet? Are you Googling this as we go? 
the Pieta is one of my favorite pieces of art, so I had to go with that. Well Amen. played. I, wow. Well played. There you go. Nice. Well played. Well now done. we know how Frank thinks. Yeah, praise be to God. All right, let's... Uh, I did not pick this next question, but it could be the curveball of the day. This is the easiest question we ever had, actually. Uh, hardly the easiest, I'd I, say. I'm looking at it, and I'm like, wow, everybody's going to get that one. Easily not the hardest. <laughs> it's going to be great. Hardly be great. Anyway. Okay, here we go. Uh, back to... I guess we're going back to Rudy this time. I guess. I suppose... Rudy, can you tell me what term refers to the organized movement established at the diocesan level that aims to strengthen marriage and family life? What do we call that? All right. You look to the left. Okay. You look to the right. Uh-huh. And you're, then you look down at your wrist and you're like, man, this guy's been in there for a long time. You're in the confessional line and you're thinking, man, this guy's been in there in a long time. But actually what he's doing in there is getting spiritual direction in oh, the confessional. I see. Which is what was uh-huh. what was established yeah. for the strengthening. At the diocesan of, level. Yeah, at the diocesan level okay. for married and family. So you're saying, you're saying the confessional then? Spiritual direction in at the confessional. The confessional. All yeah. right. Adrian, can you tell me what term refers to the organized movement established at the diocesan level that aims to strengthen marriage and family life? That would be uh, Cana conferences. Uh, does that happen in a confessional? It does not happen. In does it happen in Cana? It also does not happen in Cana. <laughs> Though I've been to Cana, but no. Like the wedding of Cana? Okay. Cana conferences, you know, married and family life? Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So, Kena conferences. That's just going to be your answer. That's going to be my answer. It's just going to go straight, straight forward. Okay, well, Frank, you got choices. Adrian says it's called Kena conferences, whereas Rudy seems to think it's spiritual direction that happens in the confessional and always annoys me because they're taking way too long, and I really want to get my confession over, and now I have something else to confess. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Frank, what say you? <laughs> Adrian. Adrian. You're not, you're not even going to guess? <laughs> That's right. It is Cana Conferences. Well Founded done. in the 40s, well actually. Well played. Frank, thanks for playing the game. Thanks for having a laugh. We're going to put you on hold, but have a great day, Frank. Thank you. All right. That was fun. Frank's good sport. Praise be to Jesus. Thank you for playing our game, hanging out with us. If you can hang out with us in the after show and... Uh, Conversate directly with us. Drive our conversation by telling us what's on your mind. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Find one of the live video links there and uh, tell us what you think. We'll be right back. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Welcome to the Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel. Today is the memorial of Saints John Fisher and Thomas More, martyrs. The intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio.
Praise to the Lord, the Almighty, the King of creation. O my soul, praise him, for he is thy help and salvation. Him for he is thy health and salvation, sounding in glad adoration. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. Let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kyrie eleison. Kyrie eleison. Kyrie eleison. O God, who in martyrdom have brought true faith to its highest expression, graciously grant that strengthened through the intercession of Saints John Fisher and Thomas More, we may confirm by the witness of our life the faith we profess with our lips through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the second book of Kings. The high priest Hilkiah informed the scribe Shaphan, If I have found, I have found the book of the law in the temple of the Lord. Hilkiah gave the book to Shaphan, who read it. When the scribe Shaphan went to the king and reported, Your servants have smelted down the metals available in the temple and have consigned them to the master workmen in the temple of the Lord. The scribe Shaphan informed, also informed the book of the law. Temple, and have consigned them to the master workmen in the temple of the Lord. The scribe Shaphan informed, also informed the book of the law. He tore temple, and have consigned them to the master workmen in the temple of the Lord. The scribe Shaphan informed also
judgment before the Lord, that they would follow him and observe his ordinances, statutes, and decrees with their whole hearts and souls, thus reviving the terms of the covenant which were written in this book. And all the people stood as participants in the covenant. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Teach me the way of your decrees, O Lord. Teach me the way of your decrees, O Lord. Instruct me, O Lord, in the way of your statutes, that I may exactly observe them. Teach me the way of your decrees, O Lord. Give me discernment, that I may observe your law and keep it with all my heart. Teach me the way of your decrees, O Lord. Lead me in the path of your commands, for in it I delight. Teach me the way of your decrees, O Lord. Incline my heart to your decrees, and not to gain. Teach me the way of your decrees, O Lord. Turn away my eyes from seeing what is vain. By your way, give me life. Teach me the way of your decrees, O Lord. Behold, I long for your precepts. In your justice, give me life. Teach me the way of your decrees, O Lord. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Remain in me as I remain in you, says the Lord. Whoever remains in me will bear much fruit. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but underneath are ravenous wolves. By their fruits you will know them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Just so, every good tree bears good fruit, and a rotten tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a rotten tree bear, bad, bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. So by their fruits you will know them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. By their fruits you will know them. If anyone claims to be Catholic and does not follow the Ten Commandments, they are a false prophet and they should not be listened to. Even if they are a king or a high priest or whatever, the first uh, reading, I am somewhat in awe that the fact that the high priest found the, the law of the Lord and said we have to follow this, we have to turn the entire people to following the law. They found the, the Torah, the five books of being books of the Bible. And I would, I'm somewhat in awe that the king actually repented. Um, because history has shown otherwise. The book of Kings shows otherwise, that generally kings and rulers are errant. We live in a country where the rulers, the, the main elite ruling people, are saying they are Catholic, but they are not, because they do not follow the Ten Commandments. And particularly heinous is 
the, the, the particular evil of the Ten Commandments, of thou shalt not kill, not only thou shalt not kill, but the most vulnerable, the tiniest persons, those who need the greatest protection and care from the rest of mature society, the, the infants in the womb, are targeted as, uh, you know, they are, they are um, what do you call them, those imposters. They're, they're not supposed to be there. And this is a particular evil uh, because abortion is on a hierarchy of evil. It is more evil than other things. There is what was called a hierarchy of evil, uh, things that are more grave because of their object and their intention and the circumstance. They are particularly evil. Abortion, because it targets a tiniest of and the most defenseless of the society, uh, happens to be the gra gravest of evils. Now, if we have political leaders who are say that it's okay, or Catholics that say it's okay for you to be pro-abortion and be a Catholic. These are not only false prophets, but these are among the uh, uh, a special form of, of false prophets. Now, if the church fails to condemn that, it is putting all Catholics in danger of being led astray and going, so it is, it is not enough to say that one, one high-ranking person should not receive communion. Uh, it should be gone to everyone who, who manifestly, obstinately, publicly uh, goes against the grave evil of allowing children to be born. Anybody who, who publicly promotes abortion, uh, you know, over and over again, that sh this should be condemned. Uh, and if you don't, it's like being in a family where someone, a very mature child, does something particularly evil to the a tiny one, say the infant, and the parents do not punish them. What happens is every other child is open for this feeling of insecurity. My family is not safe anymore. My family has become evil. And the parent has a solemn duty to step in and do something, just, just so the church has a solemn obligation and duty to step in and say, this is evil. You should not be calling yourself Catholic. This should apply also to universities, um, seminaries, other places, institutions that claim to call themselves Catholic but fail to uh, do so. This is also the, what happened in England. This is a historical thing with Saints Thomas More and Saints John, Saint John Fisher, whom we celebrate today. We need this kind of martyrdom, this kind of witness, this kind of... Uh, when everyone else in the entire country, all the bishops and the, all the leaders of the law had gone astray, the highest, the chancellor and the bishop, uh, I believe of Rochester, st said, this is wrong. You cannot say that divorce is okay. Divorce is, goes against the law of God. And the king was saying, no, I, I want one. I want a divorce. I want an annulment. Uh, and, you know, what happened was the entire country was led astray except for two sole uh, martyrs to soul voices. We need the spirit of St. Thomas More and St. John Fisher to cry out loudly and clearly that you cannot abandon the law of God in any form. And the fifth and the sixth commandment seem pretty fair game now. We live in a pretty lewd country that, uh, that violates the, the spirit of adultery as raging and also of, of murder, of violence, of abortion and every other evil done to every other kind of person. We need new witnesses. Is God calling you to stand up and be loud and clear about our Catholic faith? Not only that, 
But the law of God that is written on every single human heart, every single conscience, has access to this, whether you are Catholic or not. And therefore, it is codifiable by law, and therefore, it must be acted upon. Is God, what is God calling you to do about this? Saints John Fisher and Thomas More, pray for us. Let us bring our petitions to the Lord. We pray for the whole church that it may not fail to proclaim its prophetic office of the law of God lived out in the public sector. For this we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for our Holy Father, all bishops and priests, that they may tenaciously and courageously hold fast to the law of God and proclaim it in season and out of season in all of its fullness and all of its rigor. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for our government leaders, that they may not obstruct Christ nor persecute him in his defenseless uh, disguise of the, the youngest and the poorest. For this we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for the sick, the suffering, the poor, that we may respond to the needs of our time with courage and wisdom. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for all of our beloved dead, that they may enter the Father's eternal glory. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Eternal and blessed Father, we ask you to hear us, for we make these and all our petitions in the holy name of Jesus Christ, and through the powerful intercession of our Mother Mary's, we pray. Hail Come Mary, full of grace, grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing. Our helper he amid the flood of mortal hills prevailing. For still our ancient foe does seek to work us woe. His craft and power are great, and armed with cruel hate. On earth is not his equal. Did we in our own strength confide, our striving would be losing. Were not the right man on our side, the man of God's own choosing? You ask who that may be, Christ Jesus it is He, Lord Sabaoth His name, from age to age the same, and he must win the battle. Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church. Receive, Holy Father, the offerings we bring in commemoration of the holy martyrs, and grant that we, your servants, may be found steadfast in confessing your name through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. With your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks. 
Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, for the blood of your blessed martyrs, Saints John Fisher and Thomas More, poured out like Christ to glorify your name, shows forth your marvelous works, by which in our weakness you perfect your power, and on the feeble bestow strength to bear you witness to Christ our Lord. And so with the powers of heaven, we worship you constantly on earth, and before your majesty, without end, we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Plenis Uncelia Terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, qui venit in Domine Domini, Hosanna, in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, and all you have created rightly gives you praise. For through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, by the power and working of the Holy Spirit, you give life to all things and make them holy, and you never cease to gather people to yourself, so that from the rising of the sun to its setting, a pure sacrifice may be offered to your name. Therefore, O Lord, we humbly implore you, by the same Spirit, graciously make holy, these gifts we have brought to you for consecration, that they may become the body and blood of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, at whose command we celebrate these mysteries. For on the night he, he was betrayed, he himself took bread, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. similar way when supper was ended he took the chalice and giving you thanks he said the blessing and gave the chalice to his disciples saying take this all of you and drink from it for this is the chalice of my blood the blood of the new and eternal covenant which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins do this in memory of me mystery of faith, we proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, O Lord, as we celebrate the memorial of the saving passion of your Son, his wondrous resurrection and ascension into heaven, and as we look forward to his second coming, we offer you in thanksgiving this holy and living sacrifice. Look, we pray upon the oblation of your church, and recognizing the sacrificial victim, by whose death you will to reconcile us to yourself. Grant that we who are nourished by the body and blood of your Son, and filled with his Holy Spirit, may become one body, one spirit in Christ. May he make of us an eternal offering to you, so that we may obtain an inheritance with your elect, especially with the most blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, blessed Joseph, her spouse, with your blessed apostles and glorious martyrs, with Saints John Fisher and Thomas More, and with all the saints, on whose constant intercession in your presence we rely for unfailing help. May this sacrifice of our reconciliation, we pray, O Lord, advance the peace and salvation of all the world. 
be pleased to confirm in faith and charity your pilgrim church on earth with your servant Francis our Pope Michael our Bishop the order of bishops all the clergy and the entire people you have gained for your own listen graciously to the prayers of this family whom you have summoned before you in your compassion O merciful father gather to yourself all your children scattered throughout the world to our departed brothers and sisters and to all who are pleasing to you at their passing from this life give kind admittance to your kingdom there we hope to enjoy forever the fullness of your glory through Christ our Lord, through whom you bestow on the world all that is good. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. Perceptis solitaribus moniti, et divini situazioni formati, audehemus dicere. Pater noster, qui es in celis, sanctificetur nomen tuum, adveniat regnum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, sicut in celo et in terra, Panem nostrum codidianum, da nobis hodie, et dimite nobis debita nostra, sicud et nos dimitimus debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed liberanos a mahalo. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days. And by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church. And graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, Miserere nobis, Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those who are called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. Communion Antiphon It is you who have stood by me in my trials, and I confer a kingdom on you, says the Lord, that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom. Active spiritual communion. My Jesus, 
I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Jesus, my Lord, my God, my all, how can I love Thee as I ought? And how revere this wondrous gift, so far surpassing hope or thought? Sweet sacrament, we thee adore. Oh, make us love thee more and more. Oh, make us love thee more and more. Had I but Mary's sinless heart, with which to love the dearest King. Oh, with what bursts of fervent praise Thy goodness, Jesus, would I sing. Sweet sacrament, we thee adore, Oh, make us love Thee more and more. Oh, make us love Thee more and more. Thy body, soul, and Godhead all, Oh, mystery of love divine. I cannot compass all of love divine. I cannot compass all sweet sacrament we thee adore. Oh, make us love Thee more and more. Oh, make us love Thee more and more. Let us pray. O God, who in your holy martyrs have wonderfully made known the mystery of the cross, Graciously grant that drawing strength from this sacrifice, we may cling faithfully to Christ and labor in the church for the salvation of all. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in the peace of Christ. Thanks be to God. Lift high the cross, the love of Christ proclaim, till all the world... The prayer to St. Michael. 
St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruins of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the Archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen. All Catholic, all the time. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Hi, I'm Father Wenzel Pavlovsky from St. Paul the Apostle Catholic.